Welcome to the Big Picture with your host, Harrison Newton. Hit the subscribe and share the word. Welcome back to the show, everyone. I'm so excited. I got the ocean expert today with me <laughs> on the show for the first time. So welcome, Cormac. Thanks, Harrison. I'm just have to put it out there. I don't think I'm an ocean expert. But, I <laughs> but you're the come out and have a chat. You're the ocean dude, you know. You're, yeah, I do love the sea. Yeah, if that qualifies me. So Cormax, you worked on super yachts. You've always sailed. You do like you have a hydrofoil kiteboard. I do. What's yep. it called? It's called. I think it's actually called exactly that. Wow. But I love the ocean. Everything to do with it. Looking forward to the chat. I know. I think like a lot of New Zealand kids. Grew up around the sea, and I just love everything to do with it, really. All my recreation is based around it. Hang out with a lot of friends and family around the ocean as well. So it just sort of represents that part of my life, I guess. Wow. But why the ocean? Why do you pick the ocean to do all your activities? I think it just runs within dad for a start. Mum loves it too, and they just brought us kids up around water skiing and surfing and sailing and all yeah. that good stuff. Wow, because it's such an incredible place, the ocean. Oh, we're so lucky here. It's just, you know, it's a resource that we've got on our doorstep. Do you believe in more marine reserves? Hell yeah. So should we talk about that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so what I wanted to talk to you today about is actually the oceans and what's going on in them at the moment, because we don't actually get to see it being above water. It's amazing. I know it's a commonly sort of repeated fact, but it's like we got to the moon before we explored the deepest part of the ocean. <laughs> Don't fact check me on that, but I wow. think it's something like that. No. And it's, we, you know, we know more about the surface of the moon than we do about the ocean floor or some of the deepest parts. It's just, it's, it's hostile. It's a long way away. It's hard to get to. And it doesn't have a lot of like luster. Is that the right word? You know, like. Um, <laughs> bravado no, it's not as like cool a, it's to not go as cool to, the... to go to like the freaking trench in the middle of the pacific than it is wow. to go to the moon because so the... it wasn't a priority i guess it's the pacific trench isn't it i think it's called the mariana trench the mariana trench and it's about ten thousand meters or something i don't know i'll check i'll do it now yeah have a quick google but it's amazing i mean the ocean is a huge part of the world's ecosystem and um yeah up until recently i think it's been fairly well neglected Certainly taken advantage of, so that is a little bit concerning. So the deepest part of the ocean is 11,000 metres and 22 metres. So that's 11 k's. It doesn't actually sound that deep to me. Because when I think like 11 k's up, well, when I think of 11 k's flat, it's not that far. You like nah. run that in the morning kind of I thing. I feel like the 11 k's up is you're getting close to the orbit. Yeah, true. I think Everest is only like 8,000 and something. Yeah. Or maybe that's feet. I think it's... Fuck, do I have to check what it is? Yeah, I don't have the facts off the top of my head. This is... Oh, and Everest is 8,849 metres, so... Oh, it is metres. Yeah. So, um, 11k versus 9k, basically. Yeah. So, the ocean floor is pretty deep. That's pretty deep, you're right. That is really deep. <laughs> it's... 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 deep. And... It's so scary how dark and isolated it is. Oh, I saw something on it was on the news or something. But one of those the creatures that live down there, you know, one of them washed up on the beach somewhere in England the other day. It was one of those crazy fish that had the lights that hang down over its nose. Yeah, and the teeth that are like the size of a bloody Tyrannosaurus Rex. 
Yeah. And it's just it's just down there. And it's so aggressive. And this is why why it so interests me and what got me first interested in the ocean is actually the deep uh sea creatures that apparently every time we go down they they find like 60 yeah. new species swimming past it's a ridiculous number of new things that they discover every time that's what i mean they it's go just down. so unknown eh? that's why we should go and we should discover stuff and name it after ourselves i'd be very keen it's like a child I'd always, <laughs> you can't I'd name it to... after yourself you could, i think you could ah uh, yeah <laughs> well I mean, your a name is bit. just within, like, the human uh, sort of vocabulary, right? Yeah. It's not like you're naming it and it will get offended. Ha- Haramitis. Y- the yeah. Haramitis Oplexus. Yeah. Like, they're normally a- quite complex, the names. Or they're Latin and it, shit. you could just call it Harrison. <laughs> <laughs> the Harrison fish. <laughs> <laughs> I'm to stop you doing that. But isn't that so fascinating? I love that it's almost the final fr- frontier. Mm, like, we might, yeah. we might go to Mars before we really met, but... Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised the way that old bloody Elon's going. And you could very I, well get to Mars before we have met the. You saw that squid in um, Kelly Towton, so didn't you? Yeah, that I was did. Crazy. I actually went to Kelly Towton, so I'll re- release uh, Kelly Towton's reel along with this video. So this is a good time to talk about the Instagram. So pop along to at the big picture NZ and I'll release a Kelly Towton's one because I went as well. And how cool is it with the penguins? I was blown stuff? away. You should probably try and get an endorsement for that. Um, Shout out. Yeah, for sure. For Kelly Towton's. Yeah. Oh, I'll do a little advert because yeah. it's cool. I loved it. I was blown away. I think I've maybe been there when I was a So it's an aquarium. I was amazed. Yeah. Going back as an adult, it, yeah, I thought it would be a lot less than it was. Uh, with penguins and yeah. Highly stingrays. Yep. Do you know what one of my favorite animals is probably getting off subject, but is stingrays? Right. They, scare me, they scare me a lot. Stingrays scare you? Yeah, they do a little bit. They're like these hovering creatures that like float along like a spaceship. It's cool how they move. I've always loved that. Their wings they, just they kind of wave. This is this is actually a good place to start on one of the points I wanted to talk about was this guy won a Nobel Prize for discovering that fish species and all the ocean life is actually as complex as animal life above water. Like the the species don't run along the similar lines that were first projected. So basically he's trying to say we don't group them as fish. They're like way more complex and he won an award for that. That figuring out that not all the fish are the same. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's like, I think we just lack an understanding about those. Because they also say something like 80% of the species are underwater or some shit. Of the world's species. I actually have some facts I've been watching. Nah, this is all the depressing shit from that oh, fishing from video. Spirit, so I think the point is the ocean's just a beautiful place. And is that what you enjoy about it? Because you've been in so many oceans around the world, haven't you? Yeah, I have done a wee bit. I do just love it. It is beautiful. And it's always changing too. It's never the same. Yeah. It's not like, you know, for example, my example I always give is from like a recreational point of view, surfing is so cool because everything is always different. You go out on one day and it's never going to be the same as the previous one. But if you then, you know, for example, to take a similar sport, if you went snowboarding, then, you know, the the track is going to be exactly the same as it was the day before. It's just the ocean is always changing. Wow. It's like probably the biggest moving entity in the world, eh? Yeah, I guess it is. It's huge. And it's just, yeah, it's, just, it's got moods. It's like a, you know, and you have to, you got to love it on all, in all its moods, you know. And someday, like, wow. I, I really prefer it when it's really calm because it's so peaceful and lovely. But then when it's super rough, 
it's you know you just it's like an energy to it it's really cool an energy because that's what it is it's all is it because of the big waves and the power yeah and it's just it's scary sometimes like it it can go from being the most peaceful place you know and, you know and like bringing you just calm and you know just space and it's lovely so that you know within a few hours it just it turns into a truly terrifying place so it keeps you on your toes yeah that's for sure <laughs> This is where New Zealanders love doing hectic shit because <laughs> sailing is pretty hectic, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, you, nowadays it's easier because you can just, you know, tune into the weather pretty much wherever you are. Even if you're in the middle of the ocean, you can still get a weather forecast and you can do a, a fairly good job of avoiding storms. And so we did a lot of sailing in all sorts of places. And, you know, people always ask me, what, what was the biggest storm you went into and what was the worst weather you had? And you, it's sort of your job not to get into storms. Oh. You actually stay away from them. <laughs> <laughs> Funny, like funnily enough, you, you're really no, trying to avoid them. the whole point <laughs> is to go the most direct road to Treasure Island, you know? <laughs> you got to go through the storm to get to the mystical place. Yeah, I know. That's certainly how it's portrayed, wow, but it's that's a, not always how it works. Because I guess it's like anything. It's a mechanical thing. You want to save petrol. You want to... No, not it's safe. That. You got to save the boat. I mean, it's it can be a super dangerous place. Like you, you save the boat, you save yourself. If you sail into a bad storm, you're risking life. life. And that's the fucking scary thing. Like if you're out on the outside of a sailing boat because you sail a lot, you almost want to be in a harness because if a big wave crashes over and you slip off, that's it. Oh, there's like some horrible if, stories about that, eh? If you're in the ocean and like. You might be trying to paddle, but the boat's moving just faster than you can paddle. I've always said one That's of my... That's a nightmare. <laughs> my, my worst fear, my worst fear is being stuck in a beautiful, like, peaceful day and everyone jumping off the boat. And then you try and swim to get on the boat, but it just crawls, like, 10% faster than you can swim. Like 1%. And it's just, like, turning slowly. And it's just, like, you're going to be in the ocean by yourself. Yeah, there's not a high chance of someone coming to get you. And I guess where that get comes back to is how scary the ocean is. Like, it's something to be feared and admired. Mm. Well, I think the fact that it, what we are talking about before about, you know, not knowing as much about the ocean as we know about outer space, there is that element of unknown. And we just, we don't know how to control it. We don't know how to, how to deal with it and just make it like a safe place because it is just inherently wow. super super wild and dangerous and unpredictable and we can't stop it like the only thing that we can stop it with is like massive concrete walls Mm. like we've never really conquered the but then like the whole thing about the ocean like the the energy it can muster up in the blink of an eye almost and the power that it has like we need to be harnessing that in terms of an energy source well that's what they're starting to do we've always had hydro which takes the river energy Mm. but there's tidal they put little turbines with basically propellers always yeah they're like an underwater wind turbine eh? yeah and that's uh the way to harness the tidal energy do we want to talk about the bad things about the ocean at the moment yeah i mean it is in a bit of a state yeah and i think that's why i thought you'd be cool to come on the show because I actually just, like many people, watch Seaspiracy. <laughs> I did too, yeah. <laughs> and uncovered the raw truth. It cut deep. I don't even, I'll tell you what, I'm not eating canned tuna anymore. Wow. I can't stop hard from that. And I love tuna. 
<laughs> and it's such an easy meal. It is. Oh. That was why I loved it. It was cheap and easy. But now you sort of get a, an idea of why it was cheap and easy. Wow. Because essentially to sum up uh, Seaspiracy, blurt this next part out if you want to go watch it because I think everyone should watch it after the show, is basically we have this fishing industry that is responsible for depleting the fish in the sea and wrote down some stats. They reckon 70% of seabirds have disappeared since fishing. We catch 2.7 trillion fish a year. And basically, we're just pillaging the ocean. Mm. That's basically uh, been the big thing. Because like we said on the start of the sun, we don't really see what's under the ocean so we don't really know what's going on and how bad it is it is a bit out of sight out of mind yeah and maybe that's it like besides david Attenborough's netflix like unless you're scuba diving which you do once every vacation you're not in touch with the decline of the ocean we don't know what the ocean should be and the problem like even you know if you go diving one summer last year and you went diving again this summer you probably wouldn't notice it but it's the change that's happened over the last 20 years that i think is really damaging year to year it would be hard years. to notice maybe 50 but it's it's over that longer period of time and in, in the in the in the context of like the greater world and in terms of the history of everything it's happened so quickly but you know in the context of you my life and yours it's um basically just happening during our lifetime so we don't really notice it as much i don't think is this recreational or is this this is mainly fisheries oh it's definitely a bit of both Definitely bit a bit of both, especially around where you and I live. In the Hauraki Gulf. Yeah, it's, it's a recreational region. hub. It's also still open for commercial fishing, which is just crazy. But the amount of people that go out on a weekend and catch, you know, God knows how many snapper, six, whatever, and that just takes oh, an immediate... Oh, used to be 20 and stuff. Yeah, but even now, people take the purse. It's a bit of a joke. But yeah, that's basically it. Like, all our fishing stocks have depleted... Mm around to the world and the whole point why it's so important is because if our oceans get out of whack it just buggers up everything it's such like the thing that got me and i think it got the point across quite well in seaspiracy was and so many other documentaries actually actually you know the other good one was that octopus teacher thing yeah i need to watch that That was neat but it's the ecosystem thing right you one little part of that out of balance and the like the ripple effect that it has is just astonishing, and it, it it comes back to us at the end of the day. I mean, you know, so for example, you catch all wow. the, you catch all the snapper, and then they're not around to eat all the sea urchins, and the sea urchins then go and take over the kelp forests. The kelp forests disappear, and the kelp forests are what absorb all of the CO two. You know, they do a huge job of absorbing CO two. Yeah, so because that's one of it's the, just a crazy ripple effect. That's one of the other things I want to say. They reckon that it contributes about ninety three percent of the world's CO two mm. in the ocean. So it's actually our biggest CO two sucker, not yeah. trees. No, not so trees. Th- so this thing, all the algae and the everything soaks up the CO two, but it's so out of whack. But we just don't know it. And we can't say it isn't out of whack because these species have survived for millions of years in this ecosystem that's mm. been balanced. The only thing that changed in the last 200 years is we've learned how to fish really, really well. Yeah, we've just like industrial fishing. <laughs> exactly. And one of the cool stats here is they reckon we they catch 2.7 trillion fish a year. That's 5 million fish a minute. And I believe that. That's yeah. When you put it into that minute term, it's it's an insane number, isn't it? Yeah, I believe that. I went to Vietnam 
and the boats i was like how does this place have any fish left there was thousands of fishing boats all scattered and fishing farms everywhere it just shows you how like if it was managed well billions of people this seafood in the south china sea feeds billions of people to, to me that's just shows if, if it was managed well and you know if you set up intelligent sort of fish farming operations that you know complemented natural sources the, the potential there for, for the you know aquaculture to feed enormous numbers of people is huge because currently they're just pillaging that area right but still they're just pulling fish up and pulling fish up and that just means that fish are regenerating they're trying desperately to to stay alive as a species but Oh, slowly we're, we're ticking it away we're making a dent but if we were to respect it and manage it well the opportunity's there exactly and i think that gets back to the main point of this probably we've talked about how cool the ocean is why it's important why fish are important so why does new zealand have so few marine reserves who would know but what something i heard the other day that was astonishing i don't know what kind of division it falls under you like this though but fishing as, as opposed to you know cows pigs chickens all that kind of stuff fishing and in the, in the, the harvesting of fish meat for you know consumption by humans isn't actually considered farming it's still considered hunting and gathering so what that means is that it actually falls outside of all the regulations that the new zealand government puts in place for animal welfare really and it's effectively unregulated from that point of view so they have to be very careful of obviously how they treat cows and pigs and all that kind of those domestic well, not domestic but well farmed animals and fit farmed fish fit, like fish that are in fish farms fall under the i think under the animal welfare sort of scheme but the, but this like, is what the, you i know, mean the big ocean trawlers they can do whatever they want this is what i mean why is the fish are classed down from an animal like a tuna can be hundreds of kilos why do we consider them lesser, like a swordfish or a, a sailfish is my favorite. Mm, they're beautiful, eh? Sailfish, they yeah. go like 160 yeah. kilometers. I did my science fair project on it. I was obsessed with sailfishes. <laughs> and they're dying out. <laughs> they're probably almost gone, mate. <laughs> yeah, um, one, sold, one sold for three million in a Japanese auction Was that house. a tuna or a sailfish? I I or it was something, but anyway, one of the two. two. Yeah, I know we do need so, more marine reserves. I think a lot of people are working on it, though. You know, it's not an easy thing to get a government to do. They were saying they reckon thirty percent of the ocean, say around New Zealand, because what every country gets, they get something like they get a certain amount of kilometers around the country. Yeah, that's they get there. I think it's called an economic exclusive zone. So, that yeah. that's like their land to fish and stuff. Yeah. And so New Zealand, we have quite a big one because we got... To our landmass, it's huge. Yeah, because we're an island nation. Mm, we are ocean people. <laughs> we, we get all that ocean. <laughs> wow. And on another episode, we'll talk about how that's enabled us to be like crazy sea explorers. But they were saying they reckon 30% of that ocean space should be marine reserve. I would wholeheartedly support that. Yeah. It should. And all, all like the coastal areas you know close to the coast should be marine reserves if you want to be a recreational fisherman and go out and catch fish go out further or into one of those little small spots because you know you got to think long term if things continue the way they are then 10 20 years time you won't have any fish to go and catch so you sort of have to play the game and partake in in a little bit of sacrifice because you know there's going to be nothing left 
Yeah. And it's freaky. And I know a bit about it because I'm on Waiheke and all I've been catching all summer is 23 centimeter snapper. <laughs> and that's what I mean. Like, Although you would miss it though, right? Wouldn't you? Like if you no, if they put a marine reserve around thing. Waiheke and you couldn't go fishing off the rocks? And this uh, unfortunate thing, they've actually, the uh, local tribe, put a one-year ban on claiming shellfish and mm-hmm, stuff. Yeah. Because so many boaties these days. But then I think it gets back to the scale of it. And I think this is where we got to talk about the real bad dog in the business, which is commercial fishing. Mm. That's the real enemy of everything. Because this documentary, it talks about, they think 46% of the garbage patch is actually just fishing nets. And straws make up only 0.03%. Yeah. So All those campaigns about straws. I know. And this whole documentary, sorry for spoiling it, mate. I did, did warn everyone. <laughs> but this whole documentary, like these big fisheries, and they kill all these sharks. And apparently 40% of the average fishing haul is bycatch, which is unwanted fish that they throw back. So we're just absolutely smashing it like those sea trawlers they can fit like skyscrapers in them apparently yeah it is it's it's a crazy model and a lot of them just i mean their documentary did a pretty good job of highlighting it but a lot of them have a lot of power and so you know people don't want a lot of people don't want to stop it yeah i think it'll be it well like obviously things are changing you know in a bunch of different industries and it's a lot of it's consumer consumer driven yeah from you know people around our age not being happy with how things have been done up until now and you know their businesses at the end of the day you know they're just supplying a demand so you know the minute people in their market stops like accepting those kind of products you know ones that are caught through those huge commercial fishing operations and you know ones that are using horrible nets and all that kind of stuff it will drive change and you know with some of the technology coming through blockchain all that kind of stuff it's just going to make the whole supply chain of all these kind of things a lot more transparent so it'll be easier for consumers to identify where that has come from if it's a fish product for example and make a decision about what they buy accordingly oh so but i think that'll be a huge change. but there's so much resistant because one thing i did want to range was in New Zealand, we have these Maui dolphin that are really rare. Yeah. You know the Maui dolphin? Yeah, they're on the South Island, aren't they? Yeah, and they keep getting caught in nets and in boats, mm. and they wanted to install cameras to watch. Cause no I, think one re- ha- I think that's happening. Yeah, no one reports a bycatch uh, when they catch a dolphin. Yeah. You don't report it. You're, like, tr- you're in the big trouble. <laughs> yeah, you just f- chuck it back in and float it out. Sorry, Maui. <laughs> yeah. So they wanted to put cameras in, and Winston Peters stopped it because they didn't want to be recording all the other things that they're killing. I think it is happening. It is now, probably. Yeah, oh, when he's out, the, out of the job, so he <laughs> can't do much when he's sit, sitting on his... He sits up at the beach. He and, does, it's somewhere in Fononaki, I think. Um, I know his house, it's directly across the bridge, you can give him a wave. Is that right? Yeah, that's the one thing about, there's like a walking bridge. Yeah, it's the longest single one in the southern hemisphere. It's a cool bridge. It's so cool. So, yeah, Winnie Peters, not only can you go to the longest <laughs> walking bridge in the southern hemisphere, you can <laughs> wave to Winnie Peters on his balcony. <laughs> Thanks for your service, brother. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a great too long. <laughs> Nah, I had hope in Winnie, but he just, he only cared about the racing industry and yeah. the... <laughs> I think he probably contributed a lot. I just don't know what it was. Yeah. yeah. I think he liked having a lot of fingers and a lot of pies. <laughs> <laughs> Good on him. Who doesn't? 
Nah, so I guess it's tough because there's that balance because I, I do believe man has a place with the ocean and with fishing. Like, it's something we've always done. But then, like, we got to have some sort of balance. It's really tough to find what that is. Mm, it is, yeah. But commercial fishing, like, why don't we go after the biggest rock? Why don't we go the thing that's killing 2.7 trillion fish? I think a guy fishing off a rock is not killing 2.7 trillion fish a year. Yeah, I think you'd be surprised. I don't obviously know any of the facts and figures, but my gut would say that recreational fishing is a problem. In New Zealand, it definitely is. Especially around the populated areas. It's a really cultural thing for a lot of cultures. But New Zealand, we're boaties. Like we ha- we own boats. It's not like commercial fishing. Like we're we're boaties. Like you got to be a wealthy country to be boaties. Yeah, and it's obviously in our culture. I mean, we've like I mentioned at the beginning, we've been brought up playing around with boats. Yeah, um, but it's 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 everyone in the. You know what? It is interesting. I'm not going to talk about the housing crisis, but the rise of boating has also been related to the rise in the housing prices because when you can take a bigger mortgage out, you just buy a boat. So <laughs> so that's why the Howraki Gulf, because I'm on Waiheke a lot of the time. Yeah, it's why the Howraki Gulf has just been pillage just boaties <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna link the hierarchy <laughs> golf problem back to the housing crisis yeah <laughs> oh you, maybe you could yeah my boss always used to say that um that whole new zealand fizz boat industry because there's a lot of little manufacturers here was built on the housing market so yeah built off the the money from yeah, the baby boomers exactly throwing down on the, on yeah the properties unfortunately i don't feel I'm going to buy a carbon fiber boat anytime soon, unfortunately. <laughs> I don't think many of them are carbon fiber. Oh, so what are they? Fiberglass. Fiberglass. Dodgy old fiberglass. <laughs> so, Cormac, what's the solution? Where to now? Oh, I don't think I have You're a solution. You're the ocean I don't, guy. I don't have a solution. I tell you what, though, I don't think it's a matter of trying to stop the commercial fishing operations by some kind of aggressive means. You just got to find a better alternative. And the minute that the better alternative is, you know, commercially viable and it's driven by demand and all that kind of good stuff, then people will change. It's, it's, yeah. It really is a matter of, it kind of always comes down to whether they can make money out of it or not. And the minute that something becomes more profitable than what they're doing, they'll change. And I personally think that fish farming and aquaculture has got to be the way forward. I know. I do agree. The show said it wasn't, but... The show left very little options moving forward, I have to say. Exactly. <laughs> and that was the problem with it. It felt like they said you can't eat fish. And it's like, this is what I mean, the relationship. And I get it. But we got to win the majority. Like, how can we just make it better? And that's where I think fish farming, if we can build the technology to make sure it's humane and better, it's mm. it's a step in the right direction. Yeah, definitely. I mean, a lot of the big, I think the likes of Sanford and Sea Lord, those really big commercial operations, they're all investing heavily into it because they see that there's a change coming and it probably is the future. So they're not getting caught out. They're they're like they're making a really good effort, and things are happening. I mean. I think the Norwegians would be the ones leading the charge. Canada's also really good. There's heaps with the salmon farms. Are you with salmon about? farms in particular? Yeah. You know, I actually own shares in the King Salmon Farms. Do in you? New Zealand. I did. I sold them. Did you? They Where'd went, you go? I made money, but they've gone south and sideways. Yeah. But even New Zealand, we have incredible salmon we have a particular salmon called the king salmon we do yeah and we farm that so it's even a big industry here that farming that fish farming people don't really think about it and it's a huge it's a it's a 
it's a real priority for the government really wants to make it a huge growth industry from what I understand. Yeah. And at the moment, you know, they might be doing thirty million dollars or something like that. And they want to turn it into billions. So there's gonna billions. be huge growth there. And I think And how good salmon. Yeah, you know? I love salmon, man, but pirates it's very expensive, isn't it? <laughs> oh, but it's it's almost like a steak. It's like no, I would say something like tuna's a, a steak. Yeah, you can get good tuna steaks. Yeah, but so so it is going to be important going forward. And I do think even though it's not a perfect solution, like I think with change, you got to tilt the boat in the right direction. Yeah, it's always gradual. There's a lot of issues with the way it currently operates, obviously, with all the, the waste from the salmon farms dropping down to the seabed you know they run them they, they operate them in and really enclosed little 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 inlets it's like being inside a soccer ball yeah and the fish they, they get really spin sick. around and they yeah they get horribly sick it's not good but a lot of that sort of latest thinking is i, th- I think don't quote me on this it's all about the open ocean stuff right big 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 super expensive pens that are not necessarily anchored down there the fish they can sort of swim them the around ocean. if you like and so that allows them to 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 be in you know more uh, hospitable climate, like water temperatures. It allows a lot more of like natural food to come into the pen. Obviously, I think you still have to feed them, but it helps the waste issue as well. You're constantly moving it around, and it takes it out of waterways that would otherwise be used for other things, like you know recreation and yeah, you know protected areas of the sounds, for example. Yeah, it keeps it out of there, which is great. It's just good for everyone. Wow. Maybe the fish are still in a pen, which isn't ideal. <laughs> but, um. Yeah. Wow. And I think that's cool. So, a move to, as much as the documentary said, there is no sustainable, but I think a move to that is good for the New Zealand economy. And I sort of think it is a good revenue stream because. It's like all our other, like our seafood industry is, I think, around $3 billion a year in exports. I'm not sure. Yeah, but we make a lot of money. So I feel like that is going to be a future. So just finding better technology and probably turning more land to marine reserves. I'm hoping like 10% at least. I'd be so happy if someone turned around tomorrow and just made the whole hour you go off a marine reserve. Really? I'd be fit. It'd be fantastic. Wow, so you couldn't fish because you're a sailor and everything. Well, full, I don't really, I'm not a great fisherman. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so it probably wouldn't bother me that much. I know a lot of people that would be really upset, but you've sort of got to do what you got to do. It's easy for me to say because I don't think I'd miss it, but shit, that would do me. I'd be happy. I know, and that's where it's about finding the balance. It is, yeah, it definitely is. But it's not just around Auckland, obviously. I mean, it's an issue everywhere, so yeah. you can... Who knows? You could just let... <laughs> Let the hierarchy golf die. Let them bring it upon themselves <laughs> and then just create these beautiful marine parks everywhere else and just say, oh. this is what you get. <laughs> this is yeah, your own fault. I went to Goat Island and the snapper are huge and, you know, marine reserves are incredible. Like you can actual, actually snorkel there because you'll see fish. Yeah. It's so sad to think that snorkeling's boring because you don't see any fish. I know. And the Mediterranean's even worse. But the Med surprised me, actually. Like they call it the what is the little rhyme? Dead they say sea. the Med is dead, yeah. But um we've got some fish. Wow. Okay, but I think that's a good place to wrap it up. I feel like we've got some good solutions. Better <laughs> better solve f- the problems. <laughs> yeah. Better fish farming, boom industry in New Zealand, yes. you know, become 
because the king salmon I really bought in. That's why I bought the shares. Why'd you sell them? Because people are stopping the farms from growing in yeah, New Zealand. There's, there's a, a lot of, of pushback. Yeah. This is where it's interesting. People are going to disagree, but I think if we can do it in better practices than around the world, let's do it. Yeah, I'm with you. It's beautiful. I tend to agree. No. Okay, well, thanks for coming on today, Cormac. I think we solved all the ocean's problems. Are we done, mate? Uh, we're done for this episode. Oh, beauty. All righty. No problem, Harrison. It's been an so? absolute pleasure. <laughs> it has been an absolute pleasure. You wanted pleasure. to keep saving the ocean. I don't know. No, no, no. Happy ends. Never ends. No, it's a, it's a full-time job, this is. <laughs> All right, Cormac. I look forward to having you back soon. Cheers, mate. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Keep sharing the words with your friends because the channel really is growing really, really, really well right now. And it's been really good for me because I'm doing this full time and I'm looking forward to creating multiple episodes a week for you guys. And I've been working hard on the Instagram. So go follow that at the big picture NZ. So I'll talk to you guys soon. And hopefully we would have been one step closer to saving the ocean because I feel like we reached that today. Cheers, guys. That was the big picture. Hit the subscribe and share the word.